Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 18th. We have a great episode for you guys today. We're going to start off with Best of the Internet. You know it. You love it. The first uh, Best of the Internet segment in, a, in a, a long while, so get excited for that. And then we'll be doing some playoff basketball talk, so get excited, everyone. Let's go. And welcome back. Fantastic. Oh, I'm almost about to jump into it, Sammy. And welcome back, everyone. (laughs) And welcome back, everyone. Today, as I already mentioned, is Wednesday, May 18th. Uh, Sammy, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. It feels good. First of all, wait, just run that back for a second. I just had a spasm in my brain. Can we just like start over? Yeah. Um. Wait, because you said Wednesday, and I was so confused, and I realized that you say the next day because you're going to release it the next day. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Today, as I already mentioned, is Wednesday, May 18th. And Sammy, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. It feels good to finally be back doing the podcast regularly. Finally back in the swing of things. It feels like the normal, so that's good. Um, besides that, nothing much to update you guys on. Had a nice, enjoyable weekend. Watched some basketball a little bit, but a l- that's all there is to watch right now, really. Because I'm not a hockey fan, so... That's all I got. I'm not a hockey fan either, Besides but playoff that, hockey is, is very fun, I think. I, I don't know. I just ha- The thing is, I haven't watched a single minute of hockey all year, so should I really start now? But it's just, I haven't either, and I start in the playoffs. The Rangers-Penguins overtime game was electric. Maybe I'll watch like, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup if it comes down to that. Yeah, I just I, I think that... Hockey is really cool in the playoffs because the intensity be is fair, ratcheted up. I mean, the Florida the Florida Panthers are my home team down here, so they're doing pretty well. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, they uh, beat the Capitals, right? Yeah, tickets cost a twenty dollars for front row during the regular. Really? Season. Yeah, nobody goes twenty dollars for front row tickets, and now people are going, so now they're expensive. Yeah, I mean, hockey in Florida season. is not a, a natural fit, I would say. Yeah, I'm just this hockey's not not my sport in general to watch. I'm gonna keep it, keep it real. There. That's very fair. Okay, so with that uh, all being said, Sammy, how about we jump directly into Bet to the Internet? Do you want to share your first story? I have some great articles today. I think for many reasons, I have four, maybe three. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yes, I'll start off with my first article. Let me take you back to I don't know when this was. January, I believe. Uh, Chris, do you remember back in January when we were doing the podcast regularly and we did Best of the Internet? There was a segment about a sea lion who was found on a freeway four miles away from the ocean. I, I do remember that particular segment. You remember that segment. Perfect. I hope our viewers remember that segment too. Just to summarize what happened, they found a wild sea lion uh, on a highway four miles away from the ocean. And it wasn't the first time they found him. He had also been found by the airport by the military base. So it was a cool little article. And just wanted to update you guys on the situation. So after the sea lion uh, was caught on the highway, he was brought back to SeaWorld. He was analyzed. He was fine. They took him out to the ocean. They released him off a little raft back to the wild. And that should have been the end of that story. But, Chris, he made his return. He escaped again? He is, he didn't, well, he's not really escaping. He's a wild sea lion, right? Uh, well, didn't they take him back to SeaWorld, though? No, the SeaWorld... Is the doctors and they like checked him, then they took him out in a raft and dropped him back in the wild. Oh, I thought SeaWorld was the place where they abused the orcas. That is where they abuse the orcas, oh. but they also some people in SeaWorld do do good. Okay, okay. So there, it's not all bad. So they took it in, they checked it, they approved it, and they took him out and released him back in the wild. And he was found wandering urban San Diego once again. Now for the fourth time, he was found one mile away from the ocean in a storm sewer creek that runs into the city. And the sad part is, this creek, if he keeps falling it, they say it would have led to that freeway where he was found a few months ago. So they think he was going down the same path back to that freeway. I feel like like in the previous segment, it was unclear how he had gotten there, but I guess he took this creek. Yes, it's like a storm, like sewer pipe, and he apparently runs down to that freeway if you keep going long enough. But this time he was caught before he got there. Uh... 
I don't know why he's walking through there. I No one really knows what's wrong with this sea lion. Uh, it's definitely not normal because a normal sea lion doesn't do this. Maybe it's a very intelligent one or maybe it's a very stupid definitely one. Definitely not very intelligent know. if it's continually ending up on a highway. Well, maybe it likes to be like in the urban settings. Who knows, right? Maybe it's very intelligent. It doesn't like to be in the ocean. It likes to be in urban settings. You never know. Maybe it's a city sea lion. Yeah, I guess. Uh, his, his, na- his new name is Freeway for obvious reasons. Uh, and now they have him back in at SeaWorld and they're going to do some more valuations on him because they have to decide if he's fit to go in the wild or stay in captivity. So the story continues, and I'm sure this is not the last we will hear of Freeway the Sea Lion. Yeah, as much as I want him to be released again, I feel like once you are found in or around a freeway four different times, that might be a signal to, you know, maybe keep him in captivity for a little while. I agree. I honestly, I don't know why they. But can they just leave him out in the? dry land or just I don't think so he would die there, right? he needs food then why, see that's the, that's the weird part if he if he's gonna die out there why does he keep going back I, I don't know he probably is too adjusted to human or something like that it's very odd it's very odd so sea lion that's part what five of his story already we'll get back to you in a few weeks if we have any more yeah. updates okay Sammy so my first story is about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial I don't know if you've been oh, keeping boy. up with that at all I've been trying my best to not keep same, up with it. Same, same. But I've been forcibly given some information, so I thought I would share it with you and our audience as well. So did you hear a couple weeks ago how Johnny Depp accused Amber Heard of taking a dump on their bed? Oh, I, I saw this on the news yesterday, and I was laughing. But yes, I, I, I saw the, the Amber Heard pooping on the bed situation a few weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, yesterday, or on Monday, Amber Heard told the court that in fact it was not her who took a dump on the bed it was the johnny depp's teacup yorkie named boo who is a a very small a very small dog and she claimed that boo had ingested some of johnny depp's weed when he was a puppy and since that point he's had some severe digestive issues and will kind of just poop all over the house hard to be potty trained i guess because constantly having diarrhea whatever so she blamed the dog boo she says that she put boo on the bed because he normally doesn't poop on the bed because she had to go somewhere and she was like i'll put him on the bed he probably won't poop there but then he ended up pooping on the bed meanwhile johnny depp says that he had analyzed the poop on the bed and that it was too big to have come from his teacup yorkie so now we're getting into semantics about you know, how big was the poop? Was it human-shaped poop? Was it dog poop? Really, the ideal scenario would have been to have kept some of this poop and they could have conducted some kind of fecal analysis. But, yeah, this has become a major item in the discourse of, you know, who pooped on the bed? Was it Amber Heard or was it the dog? Now, originally, a few weeks ago when this story was broken about the poop on the bed, who broke the, who, who like, accused who of how this come into light? Johnny Depp. I don't even, I I have not been following this trial at all. Like, I don't really know. I know that he's suing her for defamation over this article that she wrote, and she says that he abused her in the relationship. Or she says, yeah, she says he abused her in the relationship. Um, I have no opinion on any of that. Like, I, I have not followed it at all. However, I did see that he accused her of pooping in his bed as, as their bed, but I, I think he was sleeping in it. Poop accused her of pooping in the bed as a, a kind of revenge thing. And now she is denying that and saying she didn't poop in the bed. It was the dog. Okay, a few things to think about here. One, it's quite odd that she says this a few weeks later and didn't maybe the day of, day after. Well, but she's testifying now, it. so that's that's kind of how the courtroom. That's kind of how, kind of how it works in the court. It is okay. Never like mind. he was testifying think... a few weeks ago, and now she's up, and so they asked her about it, and now it's kind of her turn yeah. to say, "No, it wasn't my poop. It was the dog." I think in general, this is just a thought. If a dog maybe eats some weed and has to go to the bathroom, I feel like that would not much. Res- I feel like that would not really resemble human shit at all. Wait, I can't say that on the podcast, can I? I'll bleep. I'll beep it. I'll beep it. Okay. I'm j- I, I just don't. It shouldn't really be very hard to distinguish. Is my thought. That's all I have to say. I guess the issue here is that there are no images of the poop on the bed. 
So it's impossible to really tell for certain what the poop looked like and then, you know, who created it. Because, yeah, I agree. I think dog poop does not look the same as human poop. Yes. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I have I mean, nothing else to say, That's Chris. my story. So I mean, I'm actually surprised. I'm very shocked at how much media attention this sto- like this whole story is getting. Not the poop, but just the, like the whole the trial, whole trial in general. Like people care so much about Johnny Depp, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, people definitely do care. I do feel like I've seen a lot more media kind of supporting Johnny Depp, like whether it's on Twitter or wherever, than Amber Heard. But again, yeah, oh, I really against- haven't followed this trial at all like when, so I, when I saw it on cnn in. like i saw the trial on cnn and i was like why is this on cnn like it's a trial about like a lawsuit for like poop on the bed this doesn't seem that important but apparently a lot of people care about it yeah but yeah i agree it seems like johnny depp is the protagonist on social media and amber heard is definitely the antagonist in the situation but who knows right like yeah who knows i, I don't and really, I, I can't make myself knock. care about this trial and i will continue to not care not watch it yep. okay sammy next right. story all right, this one is actually might be the best article of the day. Uh, this one was actually, I'm going to give it truth. It was from April 11th, so it was a little bit ago, but we weren't doing the podcast then, so I couldn't talk about it, and I just had to talk about this article. And I did send it to Chris at the time, and I was like, we have to discuss this. All right, article. Florida boy, 16 years old, is killed after he and his friends took turns shooting each other while wearing bulletproof vests. I do. I remember being sent this article. Yeah, so this is a fantastic... Well, I mean, before we say anything, let's just say, obviously, rest in peace to the boy who was killed. Uh, it's a, it's almost like a comedic story because their actions were so stupid. But yet again, it did cost the life of somebody, so we can't be totally joking about it, right? But, I mean, it was one of the most idiotic things I've seen in a long time. Just the headline uh, alone is is a, a, a crazy yeah. story. Like, you, you almost feel bad for, like chuckling but it's just so dumb that you just have to there's just nothing else to say about it right so let me just give you the backstory here uh their names are colton joshua and christopher and they are just florida teens 16 17 and 17 i believe and the the main one joshua viney i think they were at his house and he has a bulletproof vest somewhere i think there was his parents probably and a little handgun and uh, they said you know what let's have some fun let's just shoot each other with the bulletproof vest, obviously they're thinking, oh, nothing bad can happen. It's a bulletproof vest, right? We can't possibly get hurt. Uh, so it was Joshua's idea. And uh, at first, I think Joshua said, okay, you guys can shoot me first. And uh, I think his name was Colton. He shot Joshua in the chest with the bulletproof vest. It worked. It was fine. But then Joshua was like, oh, Christopher, like, put on the bulletproof vest. It's like five shots right in the chest. Just was bang, 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 bang. And actually, he died. I think he got shot in the chest. I don't know if he missed the bulletproof vest. I don't know if it was a faulty bulletproof vest. But these two, these three kids were just sitting at their house, shooting each other with a real gun. And as expected, it really went south. Uh, the one whose idea this was, and who actually shot the guy, was charged with aggravated manslaughter of a child with a firearm. And the other one, who was just a witness there, was charged with providing false information to law enforcement. So that second guy actually got off pretty easy with just providing false information to law enforcement because he didn't actually shoot the uh, anybody. But he was involved in the thing, so he got off pretty lucky there. But in the end, their close friend did pass away, unfortunately, at the hospital. And now I assume they will both be serving some time in jail. And this is the dumbest idea I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, not much more to say than that, really. I do, I think that, you know, bulletproof vests are are bulletproof the first few times, but I do believe that after repeated shots, they can become, you know, less protective. Because, yeah, I mean, it's impossible for it to, you know, permanently repel bullets. But, yeah, it's just, a, it's a really sad story. Now, do you feel bad for anybody in this Of situation? course, I feel bad for all of them. They were they were they were twelve year old kids being really dumb, sixteen and seventeen. They were sixteen and seventeen year old kids being really dumb. So you feel bad for the kid who's going to jail now yeah. for killing his friend. Yeah. You feel even though he killed his friend. Yeah, I I feel. I mean, I can feel bad for someone and also think that they were made a really dumb mistake and there should be some consequences. Like this kid now is going to be guilty for the rest of his life, and 
clearly there was no malicious intent here, right? It was just stupidity. So yeah, I, I I'm definitely feel bad for all involved parties. Obviously, I feel the worst for the kid's family, the the one who died, right? But yeah. I, I think all around this is really kind of it's a it's a parable about you know not shooting each other in the bulletproof vest is what I would say. Yes, lesson learned. I mean, obviously, I feel bad for the victim and the family that goes without saying, but it's just hard to feel remorse for that one kid who. I'm just curious to see what the the time in jail is for something like this. Is this going to be a 10 to 15 year thing or I, like a 1 to 2 year? I mean, I don't think it'll be that long because I do feel like you can say he was a 16 year old kid and they all made really dumb choices. So, I, yeah, I think, and there was obviously no intent to injure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say he probably deserves to spend some time in prison, but. I don't think that it's going to be a, a long-term thing, if I had to guess. Yes, I agree. So that was my most ridiculous story of the day. just thought I had to share that one, even though it was from a little bit ago. Uh, Chris, do you have anything, another story for us I here? I do. Um, so Hartford College, University of Hartford, you might have heard about this college in the past few years because they actually were a Division One college and they moved down to Division Three. And allegedly, it was to save the school $13 million. But the president of the school got in trouble because it, this was during COVID, during online school. And a bunch of students in a lecture saw their professor was do, using a split screen and accidentally was sharing his whole screen. And they could see that he was emailing the president of the school. And the president of the school was saying, hey, professor, could you possibly you know, write some op-eds, try and convince the kids that it's a good thing for us to move down to Division Three. Professor is like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. So it was the, the president of the school kind of going behind the back of the student body to using the professors to try and make his case for him instead of doing it on his own because he knew it would be an unpopular position. And so he then, at that year's commencement, just got absolutely hammered on stage, just choruses of boos, and he kind of ran off stage like a coward because he never was able to really address what had happened he was just you know too cowardly to show his face to the students give it a second sammy wait who got the booze was it the the principal or the teacher the president of the college the, the president yeah. got it and so recently obviously graduation coming up for a lot of schools the university of hartford athletics coaches because obviously the the athletes are the ones who are most upset about moving down to division three because for a variety of reasons, they get less funding, there are fewer scholarships, um, you know, the level of competition is lower. So they're upset about this. The coaches all got an email from the president or from the athletic director saying that if they booed the president at graduation, they would all be punished. A variety of punishments, including their diploma... Di- their diplomas or transcripts being held and the sports programs might have to forfeit games or be suspended for the entire 2022-23 season. So this president is so afraid of getting booed by the athletes that he made the AD send out an email saying, if you boo me at this commencement, we're going to withhold your diploma and we might just suspend your entire sports team for the whole next season. So that's just an example of how not to deal with this and just a really soft president who, you know, won't face the music for his decisions and instead is just using scare tactics to keep his students in line. Uh, when were they moved down to D3? When was this decision made? Uh, I believe it was last year, but if you just talk for a minute, then I'll be able to tell you for sure. Now, I'm curious if the athletic teams were demolishing their competition in D3 this year. They were moved down. Right, I feel like that's... I think, that, I think this was the first season where they were in Division Three. I'm curious how they did, actually, in D3. Wait, I, that's... Was every single athletic team... It was all of them? Uh, yes, I believe so. I imagine that most of the athletes, the best athletes, transferred to Division One schools because... They wouldn't want to stay in Division Three college, but I'm not sure. 
Sammy. Like, uh, I don't even know. Oh, okay. No, I'm just like no, I'm just like stuck doing research on it. But yes, that's fascinating. I don't know. Doesn't seem like I don't know why a school would think it's better off for them to be a D three. I feel like a D one school can make a lot more money with athletics. I don't really understand. They went how twelve and twenty ish year in basketball. That's awfully interesting, right? Maybe yeah, I, I, I assume that most of the best players left. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I feel like a D1 team brings in a lot of money with like TV rights and all that, so I'm surprised that they think they'll be more profitable in D3. But I, I think the only thing with D3 is you don't have to give scholarships to the athletes, right? Because there's no D3 athletic scholarships. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they said they were going to save $13 million by being Division three. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what the president said. So hard to really trust him, I guess. Interesting. All right. Uh, interesting article there. We'll see if the uh, the graduation has some booing when it comes up in a few days. Shall I move on to the next one? Absolutely. I have two just I have two just very dumb short articles now. All right. So there's an Indian couple. They are probably in their sixties or something like that, and they are suing their son and their daughter-in-law. So the son and his wife. Now, okay. Chris, a couple of guests. Guesses. Give me some guesses. Why would a, a parents be suing their kid and their kid's wife? Uh, maybe they want grandkids. Did you? Was that a joke? Or did you actually see this article? No, that was incredible. Was that true? You, you I swear to article. God. No, I swear to God, I haven't. I haven't seen this. So that was just that was just a random guess. Yeah, because I thought I thought to myself, if you're if you are parents suing your child and their spouse, you already have to be a little bit weird. So it's not going to be a normal reason why you sue them. So yeah, grandkids, is that what it is? Wow. Okay, here's the uh, the first sentence. A retired That's Indian incredible. couple suing their son and, da- and daughter-in-law, demanding that they produce a grandchild within a year or pay them 50 million rupees, which is equivalent to about $700,000. I'm, I'm quite shocked right now. That was a fantastic guess there. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was wow. a pretty impressive guess. I mean, wow. I'll say it. I don't even know what to say for that. So apparently the whole reason that they, uh, they're they suing him is because the uh, guy's been with this girl for approximately six years. And the father is saying that he uh, spent about four million rupees for his son's pilot training in the United States. That he's paid a lot of money for his son. And that they actually got him married. I think it was an arranged marriage. They got him married with the hope that he become uh, a father, making them grandparents. And it's been six years since the marriage, and they've yet to produce a child. So now the parents are very upset because they don't have a grandchild, and their son's been married for six years, and they're paying a lot for their son, apparently, to go to pilot school and stuff like that. Now, that's basically the article. So they're suing their kid because they want grandchildren. I don't know if this is actually proper grounds for a lawsuit. I don't know if this can Definitely actually not. be a thing. Definitely not. Definitely not. Well, I don't know. The way this article is written, it makes it seem like it's a very serious thing where they might have to pay them 50 million rupees if they don't produce a child. I doubt this actually gets past the court. I don't know if this takes place in India or in the United States because it doesn't clarify in the article. But I'm thinking... They're suing for rupees than India, right? Yes, but I'm not sure how the Indian lawsuit court really works here, so I don't know if this is probable cause for a lawsuit. But that is the article. The parents are suing the kid because they want a grandchild... And apparently it's a very emotional and sensitive issue for the hopefully soon-to-be grandparents. Um, I'm curious to see the tensions within the household now, if the uh, if they still talk to their kid, or if this has now caused a complete boil over and they are no longer communicating. But that is the article. The, they're suing for grandkids. Yeah, it's hard to really take this seriously, but I will say like there are obviously a variety of reasons why you know, they might just not want a kid yet. They might be having fertility issues, right? So kind of ridiculous of the parents to to actually sue them. I, you know, there's almost is one where you're kind of like, is this actually true? Um, yeah, I don't really have much more to say than that. It's absurd of the parents to be filing this lawsuit. And I, I can't imagine that a court will actually uphold any aspect of it. Exactly. All right, I'll hit you with one more quick okay. one and I'm done. So you can do the last one after. All right, a 19-year-old South Florida woman, uh, she was recklessly driving in the Florida Keys, uh, intentionally recklessly driving, very intentional. And then when the police showed up, she intentionally drove away, was fleeing and driving away from them for fun. 
And when she finally got caught up, it was about 8 a.m., a weird time for a police chase for reckless driving. Uh, she was asked, hey, why were you running? And she said, uh, it was, I'm sorry, pause. We're going to go back a second there because I can't okay. speak English. Run it back. When she was finally caught up, uh, the police officer asked her why was she running, why was she recklessly driving, and she said, quote, end quote, that being arrested has been on my bucket list since high school. Really? Yes. So she's always had this lifelong goal of being arrested since high school. She has a little bucket list, apparently. And one of the things on it was being arrested. And she thought the best method to do this without getting in serious trouble would be to be reckless driving and then elude the police a little bit. Uh, but now she is uh, facing felony evasion charges, which sound pretty serious. But she did accomplish her lifelong goal of being arrested. So I guess it was a success for her, a success for the police officers for catching her. And now she gets to fulfill her dream of sitting in jail for a little bit. How old was this individual? 19. And uh, what drugs was she on? Apparently she was completely sober. That's shocking news. That is absolutely shocking news. Because if she wasn't if she wasn't sober, I'm sure the charges would have been much worse, such as DUI driving, uh, reckless driving with DUI, stuff like that. But those were not included. So she was charges. completely sober so and decided she wanted to get arrested. Yes, eight a.m. on a Thursday morning. She said it's on time. a Thursday too. Wow. Yeah, I mean this is this is this yes. is a crazy story. I can't imagine what was going through her mind. Yes. So now she's in jail for a little bit. I don't know how long she's going to serve, but she got her dream. So her wish came true. Good for her. Uh, and hopefully she uh, doesn't have any more stupid things on her bucket list after this one. Because fe- felonies are a big deal, right? They stay on your record. Like that. Yeah, this, this, is, this will most likely stay on her record. Felony evasion is yeah. pretty serious. Okay, wow. So that's unfortunate for her. Yep. All right. That's my articles. Thank you, guys. I'm done for today. So my article actually is as good because it, it leads us into a transition to our next topic. Did you see all of the Pat Beverly clips yesterday? I, was, I saw a couple of them. Those so, really I mean, for those of you who don't know, we'll talk about this more later, but the Mavericks just absolutely blew out the Suns in Game 7. And Pat Beverly is on the Timberwolves now. He's been on a variety of teams, and he and Chris Paul kind of have beef, although it's pretty one-sided. Like, Pat Beverly beefs with Chris Paul as opposed to the way around. Chris Paul is one of the best players of all time probably a top three or four point guard of all time but he has not won a championship which is kind of the big knock against him that so that is a stretch by the way top three or four point guard of all time i mean magic i don't know chris paul's up there chris paul's i i can name i think steph curry is a current i think chris paul is is better not at this moment, but not it's at this Steph exact Curry? moment. But if we're talking about the greater Wait, player, what? I think probably I would say Chris I, Paul at this point. You think you're taking Chris Paul over Steph Curry? Career wise, like again, not for one game at this exact moment in time. But what do you mean career wise? Steph Curry has the record for most three points. Blah blah blah. Continue. Yeah, I mean, on. maybe. I, yeah, I think it's a debate. Chris Chris Paul is like nine team all defense. He's one of the best defensive point guards ever. You know, he went played for the Thunder for one year, led him to the playoffs. He leaves, and all of a sudden, they're a lottery team. He takes the Suns from being one of the most inept franchises in the history of the NBA, and all of a sudden, they're winning 65 games in a season. I mean, I think it's hard to really... You're sounding like Pat Beverly right now. That's what you're sounding like. You're slandering Chris Paul. Well, I'm just saying, I think Russell Westbrook at his prime was better than Chris Paul ever was. There's no way you're telling me that... Russell Westbrook is better than Chris Paul at any, like is now was ever is in his career. That's a ridiculous standing. Obviously not now, but I think Russell Westbrook for the Thunder when he was at his prime was a better player than Chris Paul has been at any point in his career. I disagree with that particular take about Chris Paul, but that's not what we're here to do, so we can move on. My initial point in this story was that Chris Paul's sons got blown out a couple nights ago by the Mavericks. And the next morning, Pat Beverly woke up at, you know, five in the morning to go hop on Get Up, the ESPN morning talk show, and just spend, I don't know, an hour just slandering Chris Paul repeatedly. 
and people were kind of just impressed at the pettiness of Pat Beverly just dunking on Chris Paul in his lowest moment. But it is kind of in character. I mean, some of the highlights, you know, Pat Beverly called Chris Paul a traffic cone on defense. He said that, yeah, CP can't guard nobody, man. Everybody in the NBA know that. He's a cone. Give him the Ben Simmons slander. He said, uh, what did he say? He said that when he was playing Steph Curry the next day, he'd go to bed at like 8 p.m. When he was playing Chris Paul, he'd go to bed at midnight. You know, kind of comparing, making the comparison you were making. Although I, again, personally don't necessarily agree with all of it. But that's beside the point. He said, you know, after the game, he said, just wait till you see Chris Paul fake an injury. And then it came out Chris Paul was injured during the series. Whether that was real or not, you know, who knows. Pat Beverly roasted the Phoenix Suns. He said, you know, no one's afraid of Phoenix. Basically, he went on there for a solid hour just you know, talking smack, going crazy. And he wasn't the only one. Um, Lil Wayne tweeted, he's a, a Suns fan, he tweeted Luca a hoe a couple nights ago before one of the games. And then uh, after the Mavericks beat the Suns, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, tweeted a picture of Lil Wayne sitting front row and then quoted the Lil Wayne lyric. It's a, a, a bleep show, put you front row. So that's just incredible trash talking from billionaire Mark Cuban, owner of the Mavs, to Lil Wayne, the rapper. So not beef that you would expect to see. Uh, Andrew Anthony Edwards, Timberwolves player, put an Instagram story up talking about how disgraceful the Suns were. So basically, it was just a bunch of this league moments where the NBA was just being so dramatic for really no reason, but very entertaining. And I'm looking forward to seeing you know what happens next. Is that, a, is that supposed to be a smooth segment, segue into our next segment? It could be. I'm just saying that, that was entertaining we, to me. And then we also talked about the actual basketball. I actually, I haven't watched much of it, so I'll go watch the interview later after this podcast. But uh, yeah, I did see a few clips that sounded quite hilarious. This like It was just like random players too. Like, did you see the Grayson Allen clip? I did not. Just like We should just like both just sit down and watch the whole thing because it was quite funny apparently. Uh, all right, but on that great last best internet segment, I guess we're going to transition very smoothly into uh, our NBA conversation. After this break, potentially? No, I'll just run right into it. So run right into it? Cool. Tonight will be games uh, one of, or game one of the Heat Celtics series. So you'll be hearing this after the game's already happened. So we're kind of in the dark right now. But I personally believe. Celtics are going to win this one. Actually, that's not true. I think the Celtics are going to win the series in six games. However, I could see them losing game one. It's in Miami, and they just came off a serious seven-game series with the Bucks. So intense, and they only had one day of rest. So I, I could see them dropping game one and then probably winning games you know, two, three, four, dropping game five, winning game six. That's kind of how I see this playing out in my mind. But I do think it would be a mistake for the Celtics to underestimate the Heat. They are, they're much better defensively than either team they've played so far. Much better coach, you know, right? Eric Spolstra is an incredible coach, much better than Bud or Steve Nash. However, with that being said, they just beat the best player in the world in Giannis. And so they're not going to be afraid of anyone on the Heat, right? Like Jimmy Butler's a very good player. He's not Giannis. So... You know, I feel okay about the series as a Celtics fan. I think we're going to have the best player in the series in Jason Tatum. And Robert Williams is back, apparently, fully healthy. Marcus Smart is hurt, but I don't know. We'll see. Kyle Lowry, the Heat point guard, is also hurt. So that's kind of, you know, that's a fairly even trade, I would say. But, yeah, I mean, though that's kind of my initial initial thoughts about this one, Sammy. What do you What do you have? I'd like to say that it's officially a May 17th, and I have still not watched a single quarter of NBA basketball. Really? All season. Because you said my in th- the pre-podcast chat that you watched play basketball over the weekend. So were you lying to me then, or are you lying to me now? What'd I say? Before the podcast started, I was like, how was your weekend? Or you said, how was your weekend? I said, it was great. How about you? You're like, I was in the Bahamas. I watched playoff basketball. It was great. Those were your like, words. Yeah, like I watched some highlights. Like I sit down for like ten uh, minutes, and watch a little okay. bit. The truth but is no, coming out. I, 
No, I'm just saying I haven't actually sat down and watched an NBA game all year. Which I think is actually an achievement, right? And yet you are slandering my basketball opinions as if you actually watch basketball. I don't really watch basketball, but I think I know a fair bit about basketball due to all the constant social media things I see about basketball and all the articles that I do read about basketball. But I just, like, what is the interest in me sitting down and watching game one of the Heat Celtics? It's playoff basket. It's playoff sports. What do you mean? What's the interest? Yes, but NBA sucks until the fourth quarter. I disagree. What do you mean it sucks until the fourth my, quarter? The NBA can be fantastic if it's a good playoff game at the end and it's a very exciting game, but just the first three quarters, in my opinion, are just useless. That's my problem with basketball. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I honestly, I could even say that the opposite is true, where the very end of basketball games are so slow because of the fouls and if it's a close game just foul 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 it takes 20 minutes to burn the last two minutes of clock whereas in the beginning it's just actual basketball it's just you know incredible shot making defensive rotations i don't know i think that that's yeah i feel like i'm just gonna say in general obviously there's some exceptions such as the Mavs suns games i feel like the first half generally going into halftime tends to be a a close-ish game, and the second half is really all that matters. Fourth yeah, but quarter like, matters. The Celtics were up by five on the Bucks in Game Seven, right? We were up by two, and then Giannis fouled Marcus Smart on the half-court shot, made all three free throws. And now we're up by five at halftime. Then coming out of halftime, we go on a quick seven-zero run. All of a sudden, we're up by twelve points, and that was basically the game. They never got close again. That's my point. Like halftime, five-point game. Like let me just sit down and watch like the second half, right? It just sounds like you're not a basketball fan. I, I is that wow? I'm pretty sure that's pretty clear. Right? Okay, well, so then we're just we, we have different opinions on this. I I, I enjoy I'm watching. Not, basketball. Okay, I'm not not a basketball fan. Like I enjoy watching the end of good games, and like I enjoy like reading about it, and, like knowing what's going on. But I just don't have the interest in actual basketball. That's my thing. I'm not that interested in like actual like watching good basketball because it's not really a sport that sparks my interest that much. Okay, like when it well, comes down to like crunch time and it's like very intense like yes it's entertaining but i'm not like that big of a fan in terms of just watching like good basketball right that's fair i guess i mean i don't know i definitely watching the game tonight my whole family is celtics fans actually i can't watch the game with them and it actually is kind of to your point i i struggle to watch like the first quarter because i get so stressed out about every single thing and I am like, I'm like, this is making me so stressed out for no reason. I'll come back at like second quarter, halftime, whenever. I'll like keep, keep, keep updated on my phone. But to actually sit there and lose my mind at every block or charge or whatever, it's just not healthy for me. So yeah, so I kind of see that a little bit, a little bit. And also I do, it is true, when I watch the game with my family, my family starts to piss me off. And then I have to leave and watch for myself because otherwise I just like I turn into a stress ball. So I mean, yeah, those are my my watching habits, which will be taking place tonight. Just gonna say NFL mandatory mini camps start in late May, and thank God the NFL is coming back soon. I mean, yeah, I mean there are sports on right now. Premier League, Arsenal just absolutely bottled top four yesterday against Newcastle. Um, F one Barcelona Grand Prix this weekend. That'll be interesting. Do you want to discuss the Miami Grand Prix, which occurred last week? or? Yeah, sure. Did you watch it? No. Oh, okay. I could... Did you actually watch Did you sit down and watch it? Yeah, of course. How'd it go? Uh, Verstappen won. It wasn't It wasn't that exciting. Um, Leclerc qualified first, but Verstappen, like, the Red Bull car is just really fast, and so he passed Leclerc, Verstappen passed Leclerc on, like, lap nine, and then he was way out in front, but there was Lando Norris crashed with like seven laps left. So it was a safety car. So they all kind of bunched up together again. And then it was exciting for the last 20 minutes because it looked like Leclerc might actually get to pass Verstappen at the very end. But he didn't. Verstappen won. So far, Verstappen's won every race that he's finished. There have been five races. He crashed in two of them. The other three, Verstappen's won. So he clearly is the best driver Red Bull has the best car. Not much more to say than that. Ferrari's going to be competitive this year, which is fun for F1 fans because Ferrari's kind of a historic team. 
they're my team personally. I just picked them randomly. I don't really have a reason. They're Italian. I'm Italian. Another, I don't know. It was like I just wanted a team. another bandwagon team picked by Chris. What do you want me to do? Like, I don't have a relationship to any of the F1 teams. And I, di- I didn't want to pick this. Like I didn't want to pick a ter- like a terrible team because I didn't want to root for a team that was bad. But also I wasn't gonna pick Red Bull or Mercedes because that really would be a bandwagon, right? Like jumping on board with them when they're good. So I picked Ferrari before the season. It was between them and like McLaren or um yeah then or McLaren so I like I like Norris I like Ricardo so I picked Ferrari because I like the cars it's cool Ferrari and then they were good to start the season but I picked them before they were really good so I do feel like I mean what can you do like I'm not I don't have a relationship with any of the teams so I can't really not be a bandwagon yeah now I find F1 very cool the whole cars are very cool to me but the one problem I have with Formula One is I don't get why like the top cars are the actual cars themselves are faster than the other cars in the field and it just seems to me like it almost makes it like an unfair race and it's not really it competitive. is unfair. like it would be cool if they all had the same car and then it was just kind of up to who's the best driver but yeah like yes why isn't that like why is like why do some cars are slower like why can't all the cars just be like the same speed and so it's like an even race, and we actually know who the best driver is, not just who has the most money and is driving the best car. Yeah, but it would be cool to do that. I mean, the difference, right, is like every year the teams design their own car to the specifications of F1, and just, you know, they spend different amounts of money on it. They have better or worse designers or ideas. Like Mercedes this year spent probably the most money on their car, but they just designed a really bad car. So the car sucks. They're not going to be a good team this year. They're going to finish like third or fourth after winning eight in a row which is crazy but now ferrari is one of the most legendary car companies why can't they make a car you just think like mclaren ferrari well they were bad for a a long time it's not about it's about it's not about your company right just it's like how much money do you put in and who do you have designing these cars because right like the engines are i mean christian horner said um that if you break down like what contributes to winning a race it's like a third the driver, a third the engine, and then a third the chassis, which is like the actual frame of the car. So, right, it's like the driver contributes, obviously, if you have a bad driver, you're not going to be good. But also, a really good driver couldn't take a Williams and win a race, right? It's not how it works. And the engine, they all have different engines, right? Like some of them use the Renault, like the Alpine, some of them use the Honda engines, like you use different engines. And then obviously you design the actual out, out, outer bits of the car right like you want to make aerodynamic you want to make it regulate the airflow correctly you want to make it smooth around corners and stuff right so it's all about the design of the car so that i mean that's why cars are differently like fast and slow because of the engine and the chassis and then obviously also the driver contributes right because it's like but how late can you break how late like what lines you take all that stuff but is, is it really that exciting to watch an F1 race if you just know Max Verstappen is going to just be in the lead and just win the race unless he crashes? I will say that it was more exciting last year because Lewis Hamilton and Verstappen, it was like every single race they were battling for first. And obviously it came down to the last race, right? Where it was, where it finishes higher in this last race is going to win the whole thing. And there was, you know, a very controversial ending to that race where they Hamilton should have won basically, but they took it away from him, gave it to Verstappen. So Verstappen now has won one last year, breaking Lewis's streak of winning seven in a row. And this year Mercedes is gonna lose the constructors because their car sucks. I will say though, like, yeah, when Verstappen's out in front by five seconds, it's not that exciting. But also, like, there are still twenty there are still nineteen other cars, right, who are all battling for position. So whether it's you know, trying to finish fourth instead of sixth or finish 10th instead of 12th, right? Like there are always are still battles going on in the grid. It's just not, it's not just about the car in front. Now here's my next question. How many cars does uh, Red Bull have or Mercedes have? There are 10 teams. Each team has two cars. Why is Verstappen's car better than his fellow teammates? Car if not, if so, so that's actually a thing, right? Like it's hard to compare drivers of different teams because they're different cars right but as a driver you're always trying to beat your teammate or out because in qualifying it's just the fastest lap right so you're always trying to beat your teammate in the race or out qualify your teammate 
because your teammate has the same car as you, right? So if you drive a faster lap than your teammate, that's not the car. That's just you being a better driver. So, and in the race, like if you're consistently beating your teammate over and over again, that's just you being a better driver because you have the same car. So Verstappen, like you'll see like Perez usually finishes fourth, third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. So he always fin- does very well because Red Bull's a great car. But Verstappen wins because he's an incredible driver. Like Verstappen is the best driver in the world right now. And so he, like, it comes down to the reason why Paris is still good is because of the car. But you also get that little bit better with Verstappen. And in F1, like, being two-tenths of a second faster in a lap is is a pretty big gap. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. This the, the Perez guys finished second or third in almost all the races. Yeah, because the car is still really good, so Perez will do but well. Just, it's but not, Verstappen like, is a better stupid. driver. Okay, I don't care. It's not fair. It's not like a, a fair competition if the cars are so much faster. Like NASCAR, no one says it's the cars, fair. In NASCAR, like the cars are all the same, like body framework. So it actually makes it pretty even. Like, oh, okay, one car maybe is a little bit faster in certain races, but in general, like all the NASCAR cars are pretty much the same, and it no car has a huge advantage in terms of speed. So it actually makes the races, like the end of the race, is entertaining because you don't know who's going to win, right? But in F1, I'm not going to just sit there and watch Max Verstappen and the three same guys in the top four just racing around in a circle in the same position, knowing who's going to win. But you don't know, like you don't know who's going to win, right? Verstappen's won three races, but. That could change at any time. There can all the all the car all of the teams are consistently making their cars better and better, right? To go faster, like throughout the season. So there are always changes eventually. And also it's like, yeah, fine, but in NASCAR, are there teams or is it just individual drivers? There's teams, but it's very individualized. So I'm saying like in in F one, you pick it you like you're rooting for teams, right? And the teams different cars. So it'd be kind of lame if they all have the same car. Like half the point is like hoping your team can design the best car. Like part of it is happens in the off season when it's like you have to de- design this car, right? You can't just have the, you can't just have the best drivers. You need to have the best designers and the best mechanics and whatever to actually make this car. What's a team that's what's a team that's pretty bad? Williams. What's Williams? It. What do you mean? Is that a car company? I've never heard of that. No, it's not. They're not all car companies. Most of them are. Okay, so why is why isn't like why doesn't Williams just like look at the Mercedes car and be like or like the Red Bull car and be like, huh? Well, yeah, it's it's you're not really allowed to, like you're not allowed to really hardcore mimic. Like you're allowed to create similar designs. You you're not allowed to steal parts. Part of it also is that, like every year you design a new car and the regulate like the regulations change every year on what you're allowed to do. So you're always gonna get slightly different cars every year. So during the off-season process, all the teams are super secretive about what's going to be in their car, right? Because they don't want to give away different pieces that would give teams a competitive advantage. And then, like, sure, you can see the cars that season, but they're going to be different next season, right? So you're not going to be able to, like, actually mimic the car. And then also, yeah, like, the teams are very secretive. They're, they're really secretive about what's in the cars, all the different pieces, like, what's in the engine, like, all the different stuff. So it's not... No. You know why would Red Bull not just use the exact same car next year? Because the because the regulations change. So like every year they're like you can you can conduct this much fuel, you can be at this temperature, you can do all that different stuff. Like you can be this far off the ground. Like they have different rules about what the car can be. And after each race, actually, like some cars are randomly selected to just be checked. So the driver will drive the car into this little area and get out, and the judges will go in and like do all these different measurements of the car to make sure it actually is following the guidelines and sometimes you'll see cars get disqualified because they're too hot or they're conducting too much fuel or doing all this different stuff so yeah i mean you're not in the same car because obviously it helps having a really good car one year because you can build off that for the next year but you're not gonna have the same exact car basically i just think the least part like the least oh my gosh i think the least exciting part of f1 is the actual races which is just like interesting to me right Definitely Drive to Survive. Have you watched Drive to Survive? No. Oh, was that the F one? Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool because they, you get all the interpersonal stuff, and they cut out all of the boring parts of the races. I still enjoy it though. It's like it's an hour and a half long. I sit there. I'm on my phone for most of it. I watch the exciting parts. Like I, I think it's a chill way to. St- I mean, the race is is going to be at like 9 a.m. on Sunday. 
So I'll get up, I'll watch the race, I'll have breakfast. Like, it's going to be a good way to start my day. Yeah, fair enough. I just think like one of the things with sports that's very important to me is like not not knowing what can happen, like drama, just anything can happen. It's exciting. That's really not the case with the sport, which hurts it a little bit. And I just think it'd be a lot better if like they all had similar cars and any given driver can win on any given day. That's my final comment on F1. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, so, I mean, we definitely were not planning on talking about F1. We've gone a little bit long now. Uh, yeah, time to wrap it up, Sammy. Any final words? Preakness stakes this weekend. The Triple Crown continues. Very exciting time. Yeah, but Rich Strike isn't running in it, which is so lame. I'm very excited he's not running in it because I'm going to the Belmont Stakes. Oh, really? June 11th. Where is yes. Belmont Stakes? New Jersey? Uh, Belmont Track in Queens. Queens, oh, okay. Yes. Uh, and now I get to see him in person, so I'm very excited for that. But uh, a pretty weak field for the Preakness this weekend in general. Not looking very good. No Kentucky Derby winner, so that's usually a shame. Uh, but I know most people don't care about this at all, but just wanted to mention it. Yeah, I don't. Still more exciting than Formula One racing, though. I disagree, given that people actually what? watch Formula One. I mean, I guess more. I mean, it's it's shorter, so there's it's because the actual horse compact. race is two minutes. It's incre- It's incredibly exciting because it's just like two minutes. I just can't myself care about horse racing, and also I think part of it is that there's there's horse racing all throughout the year. People only care about these three races. People care about That's, all twenty whatever F one races. First of all, if you're an actual horse racing fan, you care way more. Than but just there are way races. fewer horse racing fans than F one fans. Perhaps actually a good thing. I don't know what that means. Makes it like a smaller community more interesting. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, fine. But I'm saying, like, it's ridiculous of you to say that F1 is less popular than horse racing. No, I never said that. But my point is, I, horse racing is much more entertaining to me than watching the same driver drive in circles for two hours and win the race. It's not, you said, you just said my mom says this too. It's not circles, too. It's like, it's, there, it's not just a circular track. It's. But it's the same track over and over again. But every week. Every race is in a new track, in a new location, right? So that's always really cool. There are the you know street circuits that literally are just going through, like, streets, which are incredible. And there are, like, there are turns, there are straights. Like, it's not just, a, it's not just NASCAR, it's a circle. No, I'm not, I'm not hating on F1. I think F1's very cool in the cities and stuff. It's dope. Like, the cars are sick. I just think the one flaw in F1 is that it's just the same drivers every time. Yeah, The fair. actual sport itself is very cool. Look, I mean, again, this year... So far, it has been like that in the races that Verstappen's been in. He's won. The races that he hasn't been in, it's been really exciting because then it's like Leclerc, it's Perez, it's it's Sainz. You don't know who's going to win. However, I think normally there is more than one really good car. So I think this is just a weird year maybe. Got it. Well, I guess we're just rambling on again. Yep. Okay. Good episode, Sammy. We'll be back yes, sir, uh, later this week, right? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Maybe Friday. Maybe Friday we'll do a little Preakness Stakes preview for the boys. Yeah, sure. I could do that. Ah, fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. A uh, couple more weeks of the podcast. Off to Spain. Exciting times. Uh, we will see you guys later in the week. And that's all I have to say for today. Have a great day, everyone. Mm-hmm.